For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Okay, this is the ANSSMC Power Hour, uh, February 13th, 2020, day before Valentine's Day. <laughs> Got oh, SS fucking here. How's it going, uh, Savage? Sorry about that. Fucking Valentine's Day, another excuse to suck your fucking wallets dry. <laughs> oh, it is Valentine's Day in near town, ain't it? Uh Fuck Valentine's Day. What a waste of fucking money. <laughs> yeah, I know. I had to stop the store and get fucking uh, potatoes tonight. And holy shit, everybody and their brother was in there. Brooke said some uh, girls well, were I mean, who the fuck are you going to give Valentine's to? Are you going to give it to your missus? Is she your Valentine? Hey. Today's the day before, and there was girls that Brooke works with that were getting flowers. You know what I told Brooke? I said the girls who get them the day before ain't special. They just get them today. Tomorrow's you put the flowers to the girls you really like. <laughs> How many flowers you got out in the paddock there, mate? <laughs> the day before is a side piece. <laughs> <laughs> How long is the day before is a side piece? Go for a walk down the road and see what the neighbors got in their gardens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's punishment right there. Punishment park right there. <laughs> hey, let's uh, go well, Valentine's Day. Yeah, well, I've got a Valentine and it's me. Uh-huh. Get your woman some flowers. Oh, no, I got rid of that one. Yeah? Yeah, no, she's moved on. I didn't get Brooke no flowers. Hell no. She wouldn't have it. Yeah, she knows you, she, she knows you love her anyway. I've been together. We've been together 20 years, yeah. I, I must love her. <laughs> She'll take a new pair of combat boots. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you, there you go. That's bloody awesome. When I first met her, I was going to get her some earrings, diamond earrings, just some cheap ones. Uh, yeah. Nothing gigantic because I couldn't afford a giant one. Uh, yeah. A couple hundred bucks, you know. And uh, when she come in the bedroom and caught us talking, and, and she said, what are you guys talking about? I'm talking about getting you some combat boots for fucking Valentine's Day. Well, uh, and she found out that was the cover-up, the combat boots. She wanted the combat boots worse than she wanted the goddamn earrings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't care. The combat yeah. boots were the earrings. Way maybe, cheaper. Maybe this, maybe this time you should buy her a better fucking knife for Valentine's Day. Yeah. And, uh, well, I, I told Bob. The old man in prison, he was calling it for the Aryan Brotherhood for the whole state of Illinois. 
I, I kept in good touch with him. He had 500 years to do on top of 500 years. Uh, he got busted back in the 70s when they could give you time like that. Now life is only 50 years. But uh, you give him 500 wild, as soon as he finished one 500 sentence, he's got to start another. And uh, so, uh, uh, you know, I, I kept in touch with him till he died. Mm. He told me, he said, you don't get her combat boots now, get her tennis shoes. They hit the ass a lot softer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like Bob. I love him to death, the old man. He, uh, you know, every after 20 years, you're eligible for parole every year. So every year he goes up and asks them if they'll release him this time. He already knows it's a no, and uh, so he he gets real edgy right after. He, you got to wait 30 days for your answer. You go in and ask, and then in a month they tell you yes or no. And after after about 80 years of being in there, well, no, he's in there since the 70s, so, and it was the 90s. After 30 years, he, uh, he says he gets a little edgy, you know. Uh, hey, guys, he said, one of these days, I'm telling you the truth here, he says, one of these days I'm just going to get some duct tape and I'm going to duct tape a shank to each hand. And he's going to get out there on the on the field and he's just going to raise a ruckus and start stabbing cops when they come in to get him. He said, whatever you do, I know you guys are my brothers, and you beat up the cops for me, he said, but uh, whatever you do, just stand back and let me do my thing. He says, I'm just going to stab the shit out of them until they shoot me. Uh, he was ready to go. But uh, I think they killed him in Hill. Uh, he, he, he died of a sudden cancer, they called it. Hang on, we got Jay here. Got that's how it works. And, you know, that's what they're that's what they're doing nowadays, too. It's sudden cancer or something like that. It's like uh, genocide, man. You know what I mean? Look, look, look how they did our guy in um, Africa. Oh, There's Brother Russo. Hi. What's up, uh, Mel? I'm here. Finally made it. We got Savage here, too. Brother Savage. Hey. How you doing, brother? <laughs> What's up, brother? Good to hear from you, man. Glad you fucking got on with us tonight. Yeah, well, I wasn't out riding. Fucking last time I fucking uh, rode in the fucking um, gauge as fast as I could. Fucking turn the computer on. Ah, shit. I fucking missed it. <laughs> it's like 1 o'clock in the afternoon over there, RJ. On yeah. Yeah, it's two o'clock. It's two o nine p.m. on a Friday. Yeah? I'm, I'm, I'm in the future. Mate. <laughs> We're catching him right before dinner, then party plan. <laughs> no, that was last night. <laughs> well, that was last night. <laughs> yeah, um, that's why I'm only getting up now, and I'm not out riding. Well, at least you guys made it home. I ran to the store, picked me up some uh, essentials, ran back to the shop, um, got the heat turned up in the shop, and here I am. 
floor, Jim, and make yeah. you feel any better, I could tell you I'm still sitting in the van. <laughs> That's normal for you, bro. <laughs> uh, but unlike you, uh, lucky dogs, I'm looking at the security cameras at the shop here, and uh, there's a ton of snow outside. <laughs> like, oh, uh, shit, man. Yeah. What, was, uh, what were you guys discussing when I rolled up on you? Oh, I was just well, we used to Valentine's Day and bloody jack boots. I was brought up that it was Valentine's Day, and he thought that was a waste of money. Me too. It is. Why do I have to have one certain day to tell my old lady I love her? <laughs> right? Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's exactly right. Right. Hmm. Of course, then again, maybe some of you guys out there listening, you only love your old lady once a year. So that's yeah. about you. <laughs> well, today's the day before. Yeah. yeah. When I picked Brooke up at work, I seen a bunch of broads coming out with flowers the day before. Aww. I told Brooke, well, those girls, they don't even know it. They're just a side piece. They get their flowers the day before. The girl he really loves gets them on the day of. <laughs> it's it's uh, brainwashing, the whole fucking thing. It's, it's all manipulation. It's all, you know, sucking us into believing that one fucking day a year we should fucking pull our wallets out, waste fucking money on stupid fucking dead flowers that have been cut off from the ground and give them to some chick and tell her we love her once a fucking year. Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a. Uh... That's what my ex-wife used to tell me. She appreciated me because I, on more, on any occasion that I was thinking of her, or I'd be riding home and thinking about her and stuff, I'd stop and get flowers or something. It didn't have to be Valentine's Day or a birthday or any on the occasion. It's just because I loved her ass, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So Mel, if you see me coming at you with flowers, you know I love your ass, brother. <laughs> Oh, yes, okay. <laughs> well, I'm not the flower-giving type of guy. Yeah. Well. No. So you won't see that out of me. I did I did put a request in at home, though. I told uh, told Mama, for some reason, remember when the boss bought us the bells last year for our bikes for Christmas? Somebody yeah. stole the damn, somebody stole my damn Grinch bell off my bike. I don't know where it happened or how it happened. So I kind of put it in, you know, saying, well, you know, it is Thanksgiving. Daddy could use a new bell for his bike, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh. Thanksgiving. You, get, you only look out the goddamn season right, RJ. <laughs> it's not fucking Thanksgiving. <laughs> but, uh, I've been riding that thing for so long without a bell, no wonder it's falling apart. <laughs> yeah, could be it. Unless that's the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, RJ put up a post this week, Savage, about a 1% club out there that just got busted in our country for a bunch of dope and guns. I didn't really read the whole thing. Yeah, it was a. It just goes to show, brother, kind of 
I won't say, I won't talk bad about no club, no one percenters or nothing. But you know what? Uh, when shit like that happens, just it just tells me you know what you fuckers weren't doing something right. Uh, it was the Grim Reapers. They uh, in fact they put uh, twelve or fourteen of them in jail now. They're probably headed for prison on the RICO Act, and they've come back. And that big, nice clubhouse you've seen there, that's going to get impounded. That'll, they'll no longer own that building. Uh, so oh. if they had any money, whatever's in there is the federal government's now, you know. So, yeah, but like and just, here, they just did the same thing. They, they got a million dollars cash, um, about fucking uh, $20 million worth of drugs and fucking arrested shitloads of people over here in New Zealand on some fucking worldwide global um, uh, drug ring. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, and that's what happens. You know, you, you, uh, you start fucking around like that. And the bad part is, like here in America, if they get you on the RICO Act, nothing is sacred after that. Uh, once they get the RICO Act on your ass, they can look at your whole family. They can look at your local priest, your dentist, your doctor. You're, so you're not just affecting the club or whoever you're participating with. It's anybody that's in your life is fair game to the federal government over here, you know. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, it's the same here, too. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, over here, if you, if you fuck up, they'll look at everything over here as well. And, you know, that's kind of why I think I think that's why we're seeing over here right now is a lot of guys, well, not a lot, but quite a few of the fellas are leaving the 1% scene because of the, the stupidity. I will, I'll just call it the way I see it. It's personal opinion, the stupidity of it all, you know. Uh, if you love to ride, you love to be with your brothers, and, you know, why do stupid shit that's going to put your ass in prison? But yeah. they do it, you know, and uh, so... It's, uh, uh, yeah, I've heard a story. I think one somebody told me a story about that a while back, actually, and it was called "What Can a Dumb Brother Teach You in a, in a Motorcycle Club?" Yeah. How, how to be dumb. <laughs> so he ain't no fucking brother if he's going to teach you to be a dumbass. Well, yeah. you know, uh, we don't. That's the whole good thing about our club. And I, I kind of told the boss, you know, those mom and pop club uh, guys, I can see them, uh, you know, they get forced into being support group. Either support or drop your patch. Yeah. Then what they do is they pick out the better guys of the group that might stand with them and say, okay, we're going to make you a, a member of our group, that, you know, whatever one percenter it may be. And, uh Bubba Joe's, you know, and then so uh, uh, then that guy's pretty much forced into it. Or take off your patch and don't let me catch you out right. So uh, yeah. now then you got guys like us, the Aryan Nation, we come along and we're, we're pushing, you know, we'll do everything 100% legal except for the simple fact that we're not scared to get out there and get beat up if that's what it comes down to. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't have to fucking uh, do stupid illegal shit that's going to put my brothers in deck or in prison or in a grave or whatever. And I think that's no. why we're seeing quite a few more people contact us going like, you know, 
I am a one percenter, but I want to leave that lifestyle, you know. We are starting to get a lot of those hits. And uh, uh, I think a lot of it is they was had the eye on us. I mean, the eye is on us. We know that. Every white power group and every biker group out there is looking at us and talking about us most of the time, especially yeah. if we got brothers in their area. I mean, we're on the top of the list of things to talk about. And, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely top of the list over here. I mean, we're the only white organization in my whole fucking country. There is nobody in this whole country over here in New Zealand that can actually state that they have stayed true to the bloody colour of the fucking club from the beginning to, to now, you know? Every yeah. single fucking white organisation that used to exist back in the fucking 80s has mongrelized their clubs to the fucking extent where they are no longer calling themselves white power fucking organisations because they can't. they got fucking niggers oh. riding with them. I mean, come on. I mean, it's just ridiculous how the whole world's going in that regards, you know? Mongrelizing yeah. their clubs so they can fucking get into the drug scene. I mean, the only reason that they're doing that is because of the money and because of the fucking niggers are yeah. the ones that are fucking bringing it, you know, because they buy the fucking well, shit and put it in. Imagine trying yeah. to send a couple of bikers down to nigger town to get all the, you know, uh, 50 pounds of fucking coke and a hundred pounds of fucking weed, you know, send me over about 200 guns and uh, <laughs> you got to drive them out of nigger town. It'd probably be better if you did let a couple niggers in your club, if that's the way you wanted to act and uh, let them dumb niggers bring that, sneak that shit over to your club. They go in and out of that neighborhood all the time. And like I say, the bad part is when you do that, especially here in America, and the feds get on you with the Rico Act, you're simply four letters, fucks. Or, well, actually, six uh, letters, yeah. fucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what we try to avoid. And that's, you know, um, and that's, that's we've got our respect, and that's our, uh, we've given our respect, and then we've grown in the last 12 years, so we're, we don't have problems no more. Yeah. You know, and I, I think, you know, and sometimes I read these emails that come to us, and it's just about, you know, what we're discussing. A lot of these guys are saying in their emails, hey, I live, I'm, I am a one percenter, but I'm tired of, you know, the violence and the bullshit and stuff, and I want to be in a club that is true to the Aryan way, not to the money way, you know? Yeah. yeah. And we, we like ahead and we like to have fun too i mean we're just uh bikers that play ourselves i mean we're i mean aryan brothers are just like bikers i mean we, we don't get into all that other extra activity but uh uh i mean we did have our own church for the longest time aryan nation church and uh The niggers, you're supposed to have freedom of religion here, but the niggers ain't going to, and Mexicans, you know, non-whites ain't going to allow a white man to have a fucking white man church. Hell no. Hell no. And anybody that's out there running, anybody that's out there running the area nations underneath the old standard and stuff, 
is nothing but somebody that's looking to make money off of the name. They have no interest in maintaining a, you know, uh, uh, an Aryan standard, so to speak. No. They just want to make dollars off of our name, and it's getting a little ridiculous at times, you know. They could scream white power but never read the 88 preset. Yeah. Yeah, I... <laughs> uh, you yeah. know, it's, it's just nuts. I don't get it. It's, nowadays, yeah. you know, it's just so much. There's so many niggers in the in the world that half of the black crime goes unreported. It don't matter if it's black on white, black on black, black on Mexican, black on Chinese. But they have been talking about niggers killing Jews. <laughs> Can't kill Jews and get away with it. <laughs> oh hell yeah! I, I, you know, one of the best things I ever did is I redid my uh, my Google alerts, and I put a lot of stuff in there: different clubs, different this, black on white crime, you know. Uh, Who's watching us? Who we're watching? Blah blah blah. I mean, it's it's a constant. It reports to me once a day, and I get this huge folder of bullshit once a day from Google, you know, and, uh, on on crime, you know, and it's like holy shit. One of our brothers left that club that he was in, and uh, the club that they supported. He said. Uh, you know, as far as before he left every weekend from the time we started our patch until the time he left their club, uh, all they talked about was sadistic souls and the Aryan nation and, uh, you know, what what's going on? What are we going to, you know, we, there's, what can we do about it? There's nothing. They, they, they come to determine that, you know, we live together in prison and we could live together out here on the streets. I mean, that's what you're going to start telling us we can't fucking be buddies down the streets if we're going to be buddies in prison. We can save your ass in prison, but we can't ride bikes on down your strip out here in the world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys are going to have to move out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> really just did. You know, I see that shit all the time. I, you know, uh, you and I have discussed, Mel, that I have a, uh, I ride by myself a lot up here for my job and stuff like that. And uh, they all see the, that uh, that tote and cough fucking center patch, and they take exception to that. And I've yeah. had individuals from other clubs follow me, not stop me and ask me, hey, who the hell are you? But other people have come to me and said, you know, they're taking pictures of you. They're watching you. I feel like this other club is like a bunch of fucking cops following me around, you know, taking pictures of me and shit. Why? Just fucking stop me and ask me on the yeah. street. Don't be about it. Stop and ask me, you know. Hey, yeah. Go ahead, Savage. Yeah, that shit's hitting over here, too. Fucking I ride on my own all the time with my patch on and fucking... I get cunts following me all the fucking time, and I'm wondering what the fuck's up with that. Yeah, they're amazed. They don't, you know, uh, we're, 
we ain't the biggest club out there. You know, we're the babies in the in the movement, and on both sides, the white power movement and the biker movement, everybody's got their eye on us, and you know, you just don't see us that often. And so when they see us, it's like, whoa, there's one. <laughs> they all want to talk to you and shake your hand. <laughs> it's it's kind of like a fucking, as Brooke would say, it's kind of like a Sasquatch spotting. Holy shit! Yeah, right yeah, there. yeah! Like holy <laughs> shit! There's one. <laughs> they they just love to talk to you. I mean, I love to talk to the one percenters too. They're just as cool as we are. Uh, yeah, they, they, yeah. They got their finger in the pie a little bit, though. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I spoke to a few one percenters. Uh, or one, I, I ran into one fucking uh, a couple of weeks ago, and and he was just out shopping, and I was having a yarn to him. And he fucking, he was a nice guy, you know. Nothing wrong with the guy. I mean, he he might have been fucking a meter taller than me, but and he was built like a brick shit house. But I mean, hey, at the end of the day, he was a fucking nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh I mean, yeah. yeah nicest guys in the world you gotta punch one of them in the head. <laughs> uh, you know Mel it just goes back to something I was thinking we're just stupid like that we are stupid <laughs> like that <laughs> crazy fucking white boys right <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh but no, no you know what I was saying earlier is, uh, you know, I just started my patch in this area with Boss. You know, I put it on, started riding. I didn't care. That's Aryan Nation patch. You know, I, I, I'm i good. I could talk my way. I'd at least make it home, you know. Uh, and so uh, I'd have them scratching their head till they talk to the boss. <laughs> and, uh, and so... Uh, you know, I just started wearing my patch like it was nothing. This guy works with, he comes up to the rally every year, and he seen me just pull out a patch and put one on like no big deal. So he just went and got like a lone wolf patch and put it on the back of his coat. Man, he got pulled over by some one percenters somewhere out on the road around the area, and they told him he had to put no club affiliate, no club and uh, non-affiliated. Mm-hmm. Top rocker says no club, and the bottom rocker says non-affiliated. He did it for a few more years. <laughs> and he went and did it. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, when next time I see him out the bike ride, you know, he's, he's all about, how'd you do that? What? You just put that cut on and walk around. <laughs> you don't, they don't pull you over. You're in the middle of their bike rally and nobody says nothing to you. And then he told me about what happened to him. I said, I know it's a book told me. And, uh, how do you do it? I said, I wear the Aryan Nation. <laughs> How would it look if we supported one fight club and not the others? And we all have to go sit in prison together. Uh, we're the Aryan. We can only support the Aryan Nation. Yeah. Well, well, you know, I think that we're all that's Aryan Nation. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry, guys. We love y'all, but we can't. You know, we, we're the Aryan Nation. That's all we can be. <laughs> we're not trying to be you guys. <laughs> we would play on a different set of rules, a different set of standards. Uh, 
and they they've come to see that that we don't we're not on their same one percent standards. Yeah, I think that's what pisses them off sometimes too. Is that you know we live by a by a more true area of life, and uh, you know we you know we give respect where we get respect, and uh, you know we don't support one club over the other. You know everybody gets their respect from us as long as we get our respect from them. You know, and I think that's what uh, has gotten us as far as we we've gotten so far. You know, is uh, yeah. they know we ain't gonna back down, and we know they know we ain't going no fucking where. You know. Yeah, well, you know, that's where you put two lines together. We're stupid like that. And we're not scared to get our asses beat. We'll stand up and fight again and again and again. <laughs> well, hell yeah. It don't matter. It don't matter how many fucking people land on your chest after that, does it? <laughs> no, it don't. We'll get right back up and keep on rolling. <laughs> oh God. I was looking yeah. at the picture of the mail that you sent me right after they rebuilt that railing. RJ was holding the railing busted. They were trying to get, starting to get too heavy. He must have bear hugged about 15 or 14 or 15 of them, a nice big group. And uh, the, the handrail broke out and fell over with all the landing on top. I mean, his head was like two inches of but it was fun. We had fun. Oh, we had fun. Yeah, we had fun. There must have been 25 or 30 fights going on in that. Just little groups, four or five here and there. I was running around helping out our supporters. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we left there and, we, and kept on drinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was... Then the cops showed up. About forty cops showed up. Man, they had the whole street block. <laughs> but everything was all over. Well, this old broad was chasing RJ around the bar. Man, she come, she come up out of the middle of nowhere. I mean, it looked like a like a World War II battle scene, man. And, and here comes this lady out of fucking nowhere. RJ. RJ, come on, let's go. Get in my car. Like, the cops are here. She was going to take RJ home for sure. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted Mel to. Bro- Fuck Mel, Brooke, and Desi. I got RJ. RJ said, no way, I'm staying here. Need to set the other ball. <laughs> I'm going with Mel. Yeah. Yeah. Then a cop come up pressing us for our names and shit. RJ's defibrillator was going off. And, uh, so we had to get out of there. So there was no questions to be answered. The cops told us just get him down to the doctor. So we, we took off. We they almost had damn could have waited another minute and had a police escort. <laughs> no shit up. Yeah. yeah. RJ, I think it was just. Oh, and the best thing I was, no, I lied. The fucking defibrillator wasn't even going off. I lied about oh. it. <laughs> oh. It, oh, God. It was a good old time. We had fun. And then the oh, guys yeah. were jealous, you know. They all want to stay home, flatten nut it around the house. Well, and, and there was just a few of us that wanted to go out. So just a few of us went out. 
and uh, of course the girls wanted to go, and uh, so we went with them, keep an eye on them, drive them around. I'm the designated driver. I got to have a brother that with me, so RJ went with me, and uh, the rest of the guys stayed home like a bunch of lamos. And of course, every time I take the girls out, we don't come home till like four o'clock in the fucking morning, and nobody in the house gets to keep their eyes closed because everybody. Well, I'm sober. I'm not. I'm kind. I'm loud, but I'm the quietest guy in the house when I talk because everybody's drunk. <laughs> Girls run up and down the stairs with their boots on. You know, it echoes through the whole goddamn house. They don't even think about. It. They're they're stopping up. And they're like a group of soldiers looking for fucking refugees. <laughs> And the worst part is Desi's whole 100 pounds sounds like a 400-pound gorilla when she's going up and down them stairs. Oh, yeah. Every step goes off like a drum beat, man. You know, we got the boss up. We got everybody up down the kitchen. Then they're all burnt out. The girls want to sneak off and go to bed. Oh, uh, sorry I woke you guys up. <laughs> oh. But you know, Mel, I think that just goes to show you can have fucking fun, you can ride with your brothers, you can party with your brothers, you can fight with your brothers, but you don't have to be doing stupid shit with your brothers that's going to get you all in fucking prison for the rest of your fucking life, you know? That's right. A lot of us Aryan Nation brothers and Aryan... And uh, sadistic souls have already been down that road, you know. And uh, I mean, if I gotta go end up in prison over beating a guy's ass, well, then I'm just gonna wind up in prison over beating a guy's ass. But it's it's a one-on-one fight. Club had nothing to do with it, anything like that. I mean, he just got mouthy. Whether my I was wearing my cut or not, shouldn't mean a thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Now, if it's six yeah. of us down there beating up some poor old man, I could see a. Uh, you know, like that knockout game them niggers was doing, picking on old folks and women. Fuck, we have the FBI over us. They do that shit over there in uh, New Zealand, Savage, that stupid knockout game? Uh, they tried that once, and um, every single person that fucking did it ended up going, doing a long time in jail, so they stopped doing it. Yeah, I think that shit was going what happened. You know, a lot of it was because Obama was in the presidential seat. These niggers just thought that meant they could do anything they wanted. I mean, you notice since he left office, we haven't heard one. Black Lives Matter died. Yeah. The day the president left office, Obama. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. Uh, anyway, I mean, yeah, it's a total stranger and you're king hitting him. That, that, over here, you'll go to jail for seven years for doing shit like that. If you end up fucking uh, damaging that person to the extent where um, you've actually caused them um, neurological damage, then you'll end up going to jail for 10 years because that's fucking or, or whatever, you know. I mean, that's aggravated uh, intentional assault, really, isn't it? Yeah, you'd yeah. be better off to kill him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, yeah. that's right. You know, I, I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I've done a lot of time in jail myself. I've, I've spent 15 years in prison. So um, I, I, know, I know what it means to fucking rot. And um, 
it gives you a lot of time to think about it, how dumb it was, what you fucking did to get there in the first fucking place, you know? Yeah. You know, some of them stupid videos that they put online, it just wouldn't be a knockout game. They were knocking out old people. Fucking people were old as fuck, you know, in their 70s and 80s and shit. Old grandma's picked on was the elderly women and children. They didn't pick out men like us. They feel weak hearted boy. I I, I haven't um, figured out whether or not this uh, coronavirus that's uh, spreading throughout the world is actually specifically uh, uh, attacking one uh, particular race or not yet. Have you? Have you figured that one out yet? No. I think that was a, a Chinese genocide test run. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's gone way over thirteen hundred people dead and sixty thousand infected. So who knows? I think it, that they did. They they started this and they didn't know how to stop it, and they thought they could because it had something to do flu like. And then it got away from them, and now it's in their country, and it's killing his own people. They reckon they found a cure for it, though. Who did? We did? Oh, and, um, I think it was an American scientist that found the cure for it. it was, it's cocaine. you got to snort cocaine, mate. <laughs> well, let's they see. cocaine kills. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently it's the cure for the coronavirus, and that's what's been going around on the internet, that it actually does cure the um, uh, disease and stops you from fucking dying from it, if you fucking uh, do a bit of cocaine. Oh, ain't that fucked up. Everybody's going to yeah. be trying to get Guess I'm going to have oh. to make a run down hockey then pretty yeah. soon. <laughs> yeah. Go down and get you some some good blow instead of the bad blow you get on the fucking street corner. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Now, uh, in uh, in New Zealand, brother, have you got? I know when I talk and look at some of the people I know in Australia and stuff, a lot of their country is uh, Chinese oriented. They're buying up parts of uh, Australia, and they've got a lot of Chinese population coming and going back and forth. You got that down in New Zealand too? No, they put a stop to that. Chinese can't fucking come into our country and buy land anymore. Um, uh, the government um, changed the situation where um, you have to be um, a, a New Zealand resident for uh, 25 years before you even get the pension. You have to, uh, you can't buy land. Um, and own it and then sell it on to a fucking foreign investors. Um, they're putting a stop to that shit because we can't go over to China and buy land. We can't go over there and fucking do shit. So why the fuck should we let them come over here and do that shit? So, yeah, no, that's, that's not happening over here. That's yeah, exactly I, how I feel about it. Yeah. And we're getting a lot of people over here in America that are doing uh, – you know, a lot of fucking property is starting to go over to uh, um, non-domestic fucking foreign governments and fucking uh, uh, investors and shit. It's starting to fucking piss me off because uh, I know even when I worked in the oil fields in Wyoming way back in the day, a major part of the state of Wyoming was owned by one Japanese fucking guy, you know. 
Well, no, they no, buy up the land that we plant corn on and shit, and then they get the corn and send it over there where they live because it came off their land. Hmm. Well, you know, they do that shit here in Wisconsin, too, Mel. Um, I remember talking to a lady. She was higher up in the government here in Wisconsin. She said, you know what? She said, I don't even know why we plant fucking uh, uh, crops over here that can be used for biofuel because it eventually gets all sold off to fucking foreign entities. You know, we don't even keep yeah. it here. Well, we need yeah. to OPEC our corn like they OPEC the oil. Uh, you know, put our corn on a gold-silver standard along with their oil because let me tell you what, you can't eat and drink oil, but you can eat and drink corn. Yeah, yeah. you can. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, I may need that gasoline for my car, but uh, when you die from starvation, I'll just go over there in the fucking desert and I don't have to worry about the sand diggers and just turn the pump on and get my own fucking oil. If not, then mm-hmm. there's a look at it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? uh, hey, how's that corn burnt to you now when, you know, when you're a little bit hungry? Or how, how much is now when you're a lot fucking hungry? You start looking like a Cambodian and your belly sticking out. You gave up there all you got for one coin. Mm. Let's see. How, much, was... how, many, how many barrels of oil can we get? You know, you raise the barrels of oil, we raise the prices of our corn right back. We trade this much pounds of corn for this much oil. That's the way it should be. Well, not just mm-hmm. corn. We could throw in rice and beans and other stuff that we grow uh, in the whole produce market and and tell them this is what you get for your oil. Yeah, well, when it comes to that biofuel, those companies that are growing all the the corn and stuff or whatever they're using for the biofuel, all those companies should wake the hell up and start growing marijuana because, I mean, it it makes better fuel. And oh, yeah. um, it grows faster and you can turn it over faster. I mean, you need a lot of land for it, but shit, man, how many, how much desert do you have, you know, that you don't use and utilize? I mean, turn that whole fucking desert into one big marijuana crop and then turn it into biofuel. Oh, that'd be the shit. We could go back to making hemp rope, hemp clothes. Yeah, I went, yeah. I, I went to a hash bash when I was younger in the 80s. And they senators and shit up there talking, and they have some scientists up there, you know, telling us how that uh, hemp would make such a clean oil. The same oil you poured in your car, you could pour in a pan and cook with. Yeah. That's how clean hemp oil is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, way better for the ozone. Way better for your health, too. Yeah, and 10 acres of uh, of hemp is equal to uh, 1,000 acres of rainforest. Really? Yeah, it puts out that much oxygen. Really? Yeah, that's how they find it when they fly over with the infrared at night when it's nice and cool. And, uh, and pot puts out such a, a high oxygen level 
I mean, we, we wouldn't have to worry about the ozone or the green problem because marijuana would take care of it. It puts yeah. on oxygen way more than what you need. Well, maybe that's the answer to saving the planet. Grow shitloads of fucking marijuana everywhere and all the deserts and, and all those places that are having problems with bloody fires and whatnot. Well, you see how fast it grows. You imagine if you didn't take the males out of it and you put it loose in a cow pasture. Just two plants. By the end of the year, those two plants, you know, every bud on that plant 12 foot tall, you'd have bud probably as long as your forearm on the top. And they put out who knows how many thousands of seeds. Then the next year when those seeds had another male mixed in with them, they'd put out another just, you know, twice as much as they the others did, ten times as much. It wouldn't take long. It would take over your whole field. I mean, the Lord made that plant to take over. Wow. Well, you know what a lot of people don't realize, Mel, is up in the state where I'm in, we were way back in the day before they outlawed it. This state was one of the biggest hemp producers in the country, and they outlawed yeah, that, it. Northern Illinois too, up around Byron, Rockford area. Um, yeah. There was hemp fields out there by where that nuclear plant used to be. A lot of those corn fields were hemp fields. World War Two and mm-hmm. Vietnam when they was making rope out of hemp. Yeah. Yeah, what, uh, I uh, did some educational uh, cor- correspondence on that, and it was stupid how they um, did the prohibition on bloody uh, marijuana back in the day. I mean, if they had kept it going, this would be a completely different world that we live in now if it had, had it just continued. I think they're starting to figure that out. The problem was, you know, is uh, the revenue that they created by making it illegal. There was so much money in it, not just for the pot itself, but the other drugs. And then just think, man, that the prisons start working like a franchise. It's got a high turnover because guys are going in for these drugs faster and faster, getting out quicker, and then they get right, you know, it's drugs. They go right back to it, and they go right back in. It's repeat fender program. You know how much money that costs every man that goes to prison? Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of lot of dollars. It'd be a different world if it hadn't not happened. To mention, yeah, not to mention how you know the government pays them so much per person. You know they won't release you till a certain time, so they get their uh, they get the whole full year. They'll make sure yeah. you get out on a date, so they get paid for the whole full year that you being in that prison. Yeah, well, we're quite lucky over here. It's being decriminalized now, and it's not um, it's not something you'll go to jail for anymore over here in New Zealand. Yeah. Unless you're uh, a dealer and you're growing the bloody stuff to, to uh, make a profit, if the government isn't getting their cut from it, you're going to jail. But if you're doing the right thing and you're just a one person with one fucking plant for your own personal use, you, you don't go to jail over here anymore. I'll see. I got ulcerative colitis. You know, it's kind of, it gets kind of painful from time to time. It's not everyday thing, but boy, when it starts going on, it's a bitch. And uh, so, uh, I, you know, they made it med- medical marijuana legal here, and I wanted to smoke it. So uh, 
I wanted to uh, – I, I got a doctor's appointment this Saturday for the doctors for the doc pot. And uh, for a couple extra bucks you throw it in and you, you can get a, a permit to grow up to 18 plants. So I'm going to try my luck at growing some weed here pretty soon, too, if, if everything pans out for me. Yeah. Six flowering, six uh, sprouting, or, you know, six inches tall, and then six sprouting, 18 plants. Wow. Might yeah, have been, I, I might have to by you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and then Illinois is recreational. They've, and a lot of states are going recreational. There's, there's like, uh, I believe they say there's uh, 13 states out there that are recreational and uh, 13 states that are only medical. But that's 26 states out of 50, 50 states. That is uh, yeah. that's a better hat uh, that's pushing for it to make legal. They, they've seen this astronomical amount of uh, revenue that it created. By making it legal and taxing it, they made more money than they would by hitting the criminals, making you yeah. a criminal. See what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I reckon that's the way the world needs to go. They need to just, do, you know, totally um, make it legal and... and I mean, come on, who created it? I mean, nature created the bloody thing in the first place. I mean, it's always been a healing plant. Why don't they just leave people alone and let them do their thing, you know? And um, take out the dealers because they're they're the ones doing it for the money and doing it for crime-wise. You know, yeah, sure, do that if that's what they want to fucking do. But at the end of the day, just leave us the fuck alone so that we can stay healthy and fucking, you know, Enjoy life, because that's what it's actually about, isn't it? You're supposed to be able to enjoy it, not fucking not enjoy it. Yeah. Illinois, though, is that they, uh, they uh, got the recreational marijuana down there now, but the government has taxed the shit out of it so bad that they've actually turned people back to buying it illegally, you know? Well, you know uh, what, people- RJ? That's just Illinois doing that, because um, it's... Every state puts their own tax on it. They're saying Illinois has got the highest tax out of all the uh, recreational weed states. The Colorado's the cheapest. Illinois is getting 40% on the taxes off that. Yeah. Now, see, Missouri's medical weed is only going to have a 15% tax on it. Yeah. That don't sound bad, 15%. So... If, I, if you bought a hundred dollars worth of weed, you you give them fifteen dollars. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think somebody told me that Illinois is so bad. Um, if you buy an ounce of weed, that ounce of weed costs you about three hundred dollars. Yeah, you know, do, and that state's so goddamn that. crooked. Every the last uh, seven governors went to prison. And uh, there for about two or three years, if you won the lottery, the government kept the fucking lottery money, which the government has nothing to do with that. That's me, you, and Joe throwing our dollars in. Uh, yeah. they, they kept the money and sent motherfuckers an IOU. You win a million-dollar lottery, and he, he says, sorry, I keep it a money. Here's your IOU. <laughs> nice. 
Another uh, buddy of mine, he pays his taxes, you know, their, their property taxes out the roof. That's just as high as anything else up there. And uh, he, he didn't, you know, he paid his, his taxes all, but what he expected on a state check, he did it every year and he was broke. Well, Illinois, they didn't send out their state check, and he owed them exactly what they owed him. He said, look, man, he said, you got my state taxes, just keep it. Just I'll I'll sign a paper. We'll get a lawyer. We'll draw something up, and and I'll, I'll just sign it right over to you. And, and you take that out, and I'm going to keep my house and my property. You take the uh, twelve or fifteen hundred dollars of my tax money. And uh, they told him no, and they ended up taking his house and his property away because the money that he owed them, they owed him. Nice. Right. Yeah, you pay yeah. us now, and we'll pay you when we get around to it. Yeah. See, that's the bad part about, you know, the marijuana industry is uh, they should be happy with, you know, they're generating income in taxes for their states, but yet they want to get greedy about it, and it just goes cow shit to where nobody can afford it, nobody can do anything with it, nobody's making a dime off of it like Illinois, you know. And it's, it's like that with everything that the government can conceivably see where they can get a, a piece of the pie, you know. That, that state's it. run by St. Louis and Chicago, Chicago being the worst. Nothing good ever come out of Chicago. Look at Obama. Look at fucking Al Capone. Look at the rest of the fucking gangbanging bullshit that started and, and developed in Chicago. Al Rukens, they were running everything right out of Chicago. Uh, they got paid to terrorize 13 cities in the United States, you know. Uh, that's all out of Chicago, man. The Grey Lord days up there when a guy could get busted for murder and there's a team of lawyers standing in the fucking uh, foyer waiting for you to go in a courtroom. Hear your case, you step outside, you got money? How much money you got? And they'll give you a price for murder. And you, I mean... So that made every nigger drug dealer in in Chicago uh, kept him off the streets if he was a fat cat doing good, selling lots of drugs, just, just kill your fucking snitch and, you know, pay the judge, what, five dollars $6,000 and walk. Lawyer yeah. gets, hey, you give the judge five grand, give me two grand, can you pay that today? Yes. Okay. Uh, you'll be out tomorrow. I think I need to move to fucking New Zealand. <laughs> well, they got busted for that. A bunch of judges and lawyers did. They called that the Grey Lord days. And uh, you know where the politicians that didn't get caught just spread out to them small towns all through Illinois, and they're teaching those motherfuckers how to be crooked. That's what happened. You got that shit going on in New Zealand, brother? Savage? He might have frozen, RJ. But I think you know, he might have lost it. Yeah. That's no, what I'm goes on. Here, I'm drinking coffee. Oh. Is, you got that shit going on over there? All that crooked politician shit? Oh, there's, there, there, you, you never get away from crooked politicians. They're always there. I mean, 
um, at the end of the day, they're a lot smarter than they used to be these days, you know? Yeah, it's everywhere, uh, every country. The New Zealand government's the biggest gang in this whole country, and all they're interested in is making money. I mean... <laughs> me, me and RJ was talking a little bit before the show, and uh, what country was you saying that was? They rounded up the fucking Muslims and sent them home? Oh, Italy. Fucking Italy, yeah. Did you see that, Savage, where uh, the Italian government rounded up about 1,550 immigrants and deported them right on the spot? And uh, the little uh, ghetto that they were living in, their, uh, their little, uh, what do you call it, Mel? Um, they those, their fucking little, uh, their little, uh, Habitat there, right? Because they wouldn't come out. Of, they wouldn't come out of the little sanctuary thing, and they were creating so much crime and bullshit, illegal activity in that little, in their little hovel sanctuary. Even though they offered them better places to live and jobs and money to come out of the the uh, the hovels, uh, they uh, they said no because they realized that they couldn't get away with the illegal shit like they were doing within the their little communities. So they said, fuck it. They rounded up almost 1,600 of them, threw them on the fucking plane and said goodbye and fucking bulldozer shit. Nah, yeah. awesome. <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> that shit over here. <laughs> That's how they need to handle it here too, man. Just push it over. Yeah, fuck yeah. Those fucking dirty cunts are fucking doing some real dodgy shit. Hey, the worst stuff that they're doing, though, is those fucking grooming gangs. I mean, they are the most disgusting thing I've ever heard of. And if that, if they ever find out that that's happening here in New Zealand, I hope they deport them fucking cunts from here too. I mean, they're sending out, uh, you know, Muslims in their fucking little communities and they're grooming fucking little girls and little boys for fucking sex gangs and shit like that. These cunts need to take it out, eh? I mean, they're just disgusting perverted it, fucking pedophiles that's what they are you know uh italy's known for being hotheads it's a toss-up between italy and uh uh cuba who's got the hottest head but fucking uh the yeah. last thing you want to be is a muslim in a country full of hotheads there you see what happens <laughs> uh, fuck you man we'll just come down here and push your fucking shit over with a bulldozer <laughs> They probably had their little tents all set up, Mel, and like every other fucking Muslim, that's where they were, some little tent had the fucking guns fucking hidden out in them, and the other tent had the, the uh, probably had the fucking explosives and shit, and they were probably doing, you know, uh, child slavery, child uh, whatever, and uh, they didn't want to come out of there. That's where they were making all their money and their illegal activities, and Italy just said, fuck you. You're gone, yeah. Dubai. You know. Well, you know, probably most of Italy's run by Sicilian mob. <laughs> <laughs> the only motherfuckers yeah. got money enough to put a politician in office. Huh? Oh yeah. Yeah, they must be smarter than politicians, though. Yeah. And the, and the funny, the funny part though, Mel, was the uh, the politician that did it. Nobody said a freaking word to that boy. It's, oh, okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, he, he, must, he must be one of the guys that gets action over there. Yeah, yeah. he must be the kingpin. <laughs> <laughs> he, he seems to be a man of action. <laughs> yeah. And then you were saying poor old fucking or someplace like that. They're just ripping the shit out of their women and nobody's nothing. Well, you know, Savage, I was telling Mel, too, I said, you know, it, it's a sad situation when uh, you look at some of the northern uh, European countries, you know, Sweden, Denmark, blah, 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 Holland and stuff, where all the, the pretty blonde-haired, blue-eyed girls are at, and you got those fucking pieces of shit up there, those immigrants, just raping at will, impregnating those poor little girls and shit from God, you know, from uh, underage all the way up into the 30s and 40s and later. And yeah. those weak-ass bitches up there don't do a damn thing about it. They just, oh, okay, well, they don't know better. That's part of their culture. Well, you know what? It ain't part of our fucking culture. No. We don't fucking uh, tolerate that shit. Why should we tolerate I, it from them? I've seen a news piece where what they, how they get into our country is, is uh, they, they get married to a girl and send the girl over here and then says she's got to have her husband in the country also. But the thing of it is, you got forty and fifty year old men married to ten. I don't give a fuck what you do. You cannot be that old and have a fucking ten year old wife in America. That's fucking child molestation. I don't give a fuck what country you come from, and that's our laws here. If that's your laws and your culture, then you need to go back fucking home and practice that shit because that's not American law and not American culture. Or go to fucking Mexico. They can go to Mexico and do that shit. Yeah. Then a few years ago, go ahead. Yeah, 16 years old, uh, it was made law a long time ago that um, that's the legal age of, of, you know, you're allowed to have sex with a 16-year-old. That's what it used to be. I mean, you're not an adult until you're uh, 18 years old. So you can't really make decisions until you're 18 years old because you haven't had enough lifetime in teaching to be able to uh, comprehend what's going on. Anything under that age is a kid. And and they should be protected as best we bloody can. But, you know, that's not what happens. There's, there's too many sick cunts in this world. Yeah. And I remember sharing a video that came around Facebook. I was telling RJ earlier uh, that these Muslims were standing in a group on the corner of New York City, probably about 15 or 20 of them, and they had their kids with them. And the kids were all wearing the burqas like the wives do. And uh, they get them up in the middle of the circle of men and pull the burqa off, and it's young white girls with blonde hair and blue eyes, red-haired girls with freckles, and they're selling them. Look at these girls are going for five, six, eight hundred bucks, fifteen hundred bucks for the blonde hair, blue-eyed girl, little dark-haired girl. You might get a fucking three hundred bucks for her, and then they put a burqa on them after they've bought them and walk them right through town like their own children. And then they're trafficking our our children from our own country like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's fucking, you know. Um, that's why I personally believe if you're not a fucking Aryan male, 
You don't stand up for your Aryan fucking ancestry. If you'll notice these fucking white boys, they ain't doing shit out there right now to protect their own kind. They lay back and they're little, they're, they're placated by the fucking what's on the TV, what's on the internet, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're happy at home watching porno on their fucking laptop. You know, well, their old ladies and their children out being fucking gang raped by a bunch of fucking niggers, you know, and they're happy with it. They don't do a fucking thing about it. But no, when they you do like them. Yeah. Or when you do try to stand up against it, some of them, the fucking government comes in and tells them, oh, oy vey, you can't do that. That's not the way we do things here in this country. You know, no, but the white boy ends up in federal prison on hate crime. Yeah. For standing up for his family and his race. You know, or even some of the... Let me catch one of them motherfuckers yanking some little kid off the corner. Some little girl in South Carolina just got swiped getting off the fucking bus. I'll yank a motherfucking towel head right out of his goddamn car. Buying up with that fucking rap he's got around his head. Drag him down the street like they do niggers. Texas. <laughs> show him the old Missouri State. Show me. <laughs> uh, did you see that little girl in South Carolina got off the bus and was playing in her front yard? Came up missing three days ago and they found her today dead. Oh, uh, what? Yeah, little six year old, little pretty little girl, red hair. I didn't see that one, but that sounds about right anymore in America. Sounds about yeah. right anymore anywhere in the world, actually. Yeah, they snatched her up right out of yeah, the yard. That shit's happening over here, too. There are some sick motherfuckers over here that do stuff like that, too. Let me see something like that happen. I'll run a motherfucker down. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. At the end of the day, there's a sickness in in this world, and it's these um, mentally uh, uh, unstable um, people that think that that sort of carry on is acceptable in society when it's not, and it's not accepted in our society either at all. Um, there's there's no respect from the young people anymore that that's the way the world's gone as well because they took away the corporal punishment you know there's no more smacking your bloody kids to put them in line you give them a short sharp shot they never do it again stuff isn't happening anymore you know we'll see uh, that slows down the do? revenue yeah gotta have that revenue your kids gotta be getting in trouble and breaking laws so that i can get in your pocket yeah uh, you know, you know, when your kid gets arrested, you got to go to, you know, counseling, your kid goes to counseling, the government gets kicked back because they'll give you a paper of the, which doctors they want you to see. You go to them and they tell you how you got a problem and you got to keep coming back and I'll get a hold of your probation officer and I'll start working with him. And then, you know, you, you, you got a never ending problem. And, uh, and then, of course, the government gets a little kickback from that because they recommend you, you know, that's a high volume we're sending your way. And then, uh, uh, not to mention the court costs, the fucking 
probation fees every month, the jailhouse cost. If your kid has to sit in jail, they got to pay $50 a day. Uh, no, it's, 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 it's just a racket. They're uh, racketeering. I tell you what, Mel, it, it's such a racket anymore. Even when you go down to the lower shit, when you were saying that, it reminded me of something. If you get busted for your first DUI up here where I'm at, it's so bad now that the judge will sentence you to do this classes and stuff, right? Yeah. And the, the sad part is you go do the classes, and it's going to cost you about $800 of your money to do the class, plus what you've had to pay for the fines and stuff for your DUI and your lawyer and everything, right? Yeah. If you're working and you come up with an excuse like, I can't make this one class because I'm working, the fuckers will drop you out of that class and make you start all over and pay another $800 hey, to fucking do the out. class. And I'm going like, you know, they don't, you know, why can't we have something like that? You know what? Here, you're a pedophile. You raped this young fucking girl. You're, you're dead. Fuck you. There's no recourse. Yeah. You know? That's Fuck it. That. That's it right there. You got a poor little boy. You, you go fucking with a kid, you're going to die. Yeah. And if you're standing in my field and you're fucking my goat, I'm going to fucking pop a cap in your ass. And that's the farmer. It's up to the that farmer. Be, now that, it's that, that, that could be a, a, a killing of passion there. Yeah. That um, might be my well, favorite goat. You never know. Wild, wild west. <laughs> yeah, yeah. shoot him for fucking your goat. That's her goddamn shirt. Right off, I shine right off the goat. <laughs> I could, I could read the police report on that. You know, there he was when I walked outside. He was fucking my goat. <laughs> <laughs> he was. A Didn't know what to do. <laughs> Have you decided yet, Savage, that Americans are just fucking straight crazy? Yeah. I couldn't Uh, sell him off and let him breed with other goats in the neighborhood. He'd be tainted. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's one thing I've got to say about Americans, okay? And um, this is a worldwide uh, uh, way of looking at American people full stop Americans think they're above everybody else they come to New Zealand they're arrogant motherfuckers and they think that we're slaves to them and, and that's what's happened over the years we've had nothing but fucking arrogant rich ass motherfuckers come into our country to deal with and 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 they are they, I mean how do, how do you get past that Hey, you know what we call those motherfuckers? That's a whole different class, and we call them yuppies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's that if guy I'm... that goes out and buys that $60,000 motorcycle, puts every bit of chrome on it, buys every piece of leather, and uh, mm. he rides it for one year, parks it in the garage, and never rides it again, and then sells it for like 5000 Yeah. You know, I always wanted Savage to travel a lot out of, outside of the country, and I did a little bit. And I noticed that because I'm a big student of history. I love my history. 
And I've, I wanted to go to other countries and see the history of those countries, you know. But I noticed when I went to places like Germany and stuff, they hated me. I didn't say a fucking word, but they already had it, you know, they already had it in for me because of these fucking sons of bitches that were there before me, you know. And yeah, it's sad. It's well, fucking Rich sad. Kid. Yeah. You know, they, they, they've always had money. Their dad had money before them, their grandpa before them. And, and you know, you've always gotten everything you wanted. Just shut up and, and quit whining about it. Then you go to another country and you act like a fucking fool. And us lower class motherfuckers that saved money for years to go over there and visit, we've catched up one of it because these fucking punks have already come through and made a bad name for us. Well, that I think it doesn't help that our fucking government has got their nose in everybody's fucking business either, you know. And by the time somebody like you or I, Mel, get there, the people in, in New Zealand are tired of us because our fucking government is pumping smoke up New Zealand's ass all the time, yeah. you know. And when it's reported on the media, you know, we think we're above everybody. Oh, you know, look at us. We're cool. No, we're just hey. as fucking... You know, just as poor as everybody fucking else. You know. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's exactly the same over there as it is here. It's exactly the same, isn't it? it? There's no difference at all about your country and my country. We're all human beings, and we're all going through the same shit every single fucking place on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, and I think a lot of that savage had to do with idiots like Obama and stuff, you know, that <clears throat> tried to put this country and tried to <clears throat> uh, perpetuate, oh, how the fucking Muslims are peaceful individuals, blah, 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 you know, and it's, it, our government did a lot of speaking for the people. And if you look at it, the fucking people have not been like that, you know, unless you're rich and you can go to, like, say, New Zealand or something. I think the average person is just like the average person in New Zealand. You're just trying to get by, you know, trying to make a living, trying to feed your family and shit, you know. It's, Give it's respect to get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's you know? like me. I, I, I struggle every single fucking week just to get by. Nobody will give me a bloody job because I'm white power. And, um, and, and over here, that's what they do. They stalk your Facebook pages. They stalk anything about you online. And as soon as they find out your white power, you don't get a job. Um, yeah. So I have to put up with uh, the minimum of income from the government just to survive every week. And that's like 100 bucks a week. And you can't even buy enough groceries to last a week with 100 bucks now because of the expense. And it's just shocking. Everybody's getting poorer and poorer, and the government don't give a shit. They they just want to fucking take your money. That's it. See, Trump's yeah. busting that up right now. He's put so much money back in the Americans' pocket. He's done just exactly what he said he was going to do. He's making America great again. And, uh, uh, and then that's what's wrong with these politicians. They're trying to impeach him. They're trying to do anything they can to get him out of office because of plain and clear of it who the crooked bastards are and who the snakes and rats are in this fucking swamp that he's talking about uh, the vipers are getting big the water's getting low and and they're really starting to come out and show you can yeah. see their hole you can see them on a chattering out standing in the mud on a daily basis 
Nancy Pelosi's one of them, Schumer, Schiff, all of them, the whole squad of them, all the way down that's been involved in this impeachment, are all big vipers in this uh, snake pit. And the next thing, you, they're worried about this Joe Biden corruption thing getting investigated because there's more people involved than just Joe Biden. And it's going to start, shit's going to start. That You know, when you got some muscle behind the shit ball, you can start rolling it back uphill. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I can't, I can't uh, wait until Trump, I can't wait until Trump fucking stands up and says to those fucking people, you're fired. You know, yeah. he needs to get rid of them somehow. Oh, he's, he's been, been on doing- a firing frenzy already. Yeah, he's been doing it slow but sure. You know, he, he just fired that uh, what sign guard or whatever the fuck his name was that bald headed dude. Uh, that told yeah, well, I hated that. Fucker. You know, I hated oh, that. Fucker. Had, yeah, me too. They had a fucking so, so, when he fired him. Yeah, yeah so he's, he's he's cleaning up the corruption. Yeah, he, he, you know, they got a stacked deck and he got his hands on the deck and he's pulling out their extra aces and fucking Tim. <laughs> now, the bad thing is, is uh, when they report on it, I don't know how they report on it over there where you're at, uh, Savage, but I can only imagine what the spin that your government that hates him must put on it over there. You know, I can't imagine. Oh, man. You, you, bad it is over here. It is so bad it is. Not funny. Trump is a fucking dirty word in our country as far as the media is concerned, and all they are pushing is the liberal fucking-minded left-wing fucking, the far left-wing fucking uh, views about Trump. That's what they've put in the media all over the place. Well, you want to see the good shit, go to fucking YouTube and get on Fox News and push it. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Bar and all those guys pop up, man. Everything that's going on, you can see it. And you can see what's really going on. And what they call fake news, is you can see truly is what is fake news. The thing of it is, is these politicians that are crooked have got the media in their pocket. So you only see what they want you to see. They got the fucking, uh, they got big corporation in their pocket. All these guys, these Democrats, are all Democrats supposed to be a poor farmer? Everyone. Oh, check this. Pelosi's parents check were drug dealers now. in California. Huh? Check, check this out. Just recently, and this is a kicker. Um, the the televisions over here. We have like three major television stations that have been in this country from you know the invention of the TV is TV one, TV two, and TV three, right? And yeah. uh, they're having issues over here with a couple of the channels and they, you know, they haven't been managed properly and they're going broke. That's what they say anyway. And the latest article is that the government's going to fucking jump in and take them over. So now we're going to end up with fucking two TV stations amalgamated together, turned into one that are going to be uh, run by the New Zealand government. So what we fucking see brainwashing massively to the to the max the whole thing will be run by the government well see that's what they've been working on here and they um if you listen to that diversity <laughs> book that i sent you now they're talking about that in the colleges too how they're doing our kids and, and, and teaching our kids that this shit is right 
So when they're the next, look, man, they lowered the score in law schools so bad for niggers that a white kid getting straight A's can't even get recognized for it. That's shocking, eh? Huh? Fucking shocking. Over here, they're, they're forcing um, the indigenous fucking language that we gave them in the first place. See, when we come to New Zealand, way back in the um, 17th century, etc., we fucking decided we'd give these Maoris over here a fucking couple of muskets and a few blankets and take their land, right? And then they thought yeah. they got a raw deal, and then we fucking killed heaps of them, and they killed heaps of us. And now now they didn't have a language, you know? They didn't know how to read and write and fucking spell and everything else. So we gave them language. And now in two, you know, 2020, they're forcing a language that we gave them onto everybody. It's compulsory that you have to learn the indigenous language of our country. They call it uh, the indigenous language, but <clears throat> at the end of the fucking day, it's just a fucking uh, bunch of Maoris that speak their kind of lingo. Why the hell should we be forced to uh, learn that language? I mean, yeah, all your what did they broadcast. do for us, you know? Yeah, yeah, all your public broadcasting. They did that with Sesame Street and all the kids shit here start teaching them Spanish. Uh, the government ain't pushing it yet, but you push a, you, you pick up the telephone and it says, uh, you know, for English, press one. Oh, it's America. not like that over here. It, it's not like that over here. It, 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 you get it forced down your throat on the phone when you're on hold. As soon as you go on hold when you're talking to a government department, up comes this fucking Maori language, you know, and you're wondering, what the fuck am I listening to this shit for? You know? Speak fucking yeah. English, motherfucker. Yeah. Hey, Savage, you think you got it bad with languages over there? I was reading this thing the other day where it cost the American taxpayers about $1 billion a year to translate everything into the fucking languages. We got so many fucking sons of bitches over here that can't speak English that we have to translate all the paperwork, the telephones and everything into their language. So we're paying a billion dollars a year so some fucking Hmong can push one to listen to Hmong or Somali or fucking whatever. A billion dollars a year fucking for real? What the fuck? I thought you had to yeah, learn. Yeah, no, I, I reckon they should make it compulsory worldwide that um, there is one universal language, and that's fucking English. The, I mean, the majority of the world already speak English, right? They should make it that English is compulsory because it's the easiest one to learn. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't believe my ears. It's the Skype assholes. How you did it? He's on Block Talk Radio. Don't fall for the shit. On that girl. Okay, well, we'll block him. I, I didn't know who it was. I thought I would open him up. Uh, Abe Huddish. Who was it? Huddish, H-U-D-I-S-H, H-U-D-S-H. I have no clue. I just thought I'd open his line. 
well, like everybody, I give them a chance. <laughs> he blew that right away, didn't he? <laughs> he got his 10 seconds of fame right there. <laughs> uh, what is it, an FBI informant trying to get in and fuck you up, is it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, he can listen along if he wants. Uh, I think I got the yeah, channel. Fucking, fucking piece of shit. Yeah, I've talked shit in our chat room. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, Lucky I'm not. I don't have a laptop on to be in the chat room with him today. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I used to have fun with that shit. Oh, oh I, he asked what happened. I, I shut his line off. Talking crazy. Should I open him up one more time and give him a second chance? Yeah, you better fucking count. This ought to be good. He says no. Let's see. Why not? Punish? It's just a way. Nigger meatballs. It's a what? Sorry. Just keep finding it. Well, maybe not. <laughs> what the hell? I, all I heard was a wee wee wee. Sounds like somebody, somebody with a fucking mental illness, mate. Nah. Yeah. Hey, what's our buddy's name? Maybe that was him, Mel. Uh, that fucking idiot that used to follow us all the time. Oh, my God. Oh, no. That's- no, that stopped when I went down there to his hometown. <laughs> started posting pictures on a, about a, me underneath the sign welcome to Granby, Missouri <laughs> yeah and the crazy yeah. shit stopped <laughs> um, well maybe he's got his medication now and, and maybe this crazy shit's going to start again <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, no, he he's done. I haven't heard a peep out of him ever since, man. And, and I I think he's he's learned that we've parted ways, and I don't talk about him. He don't talk about, or he even get on our show. It's a lot better show. I mean, I, even if we got to talk by ourselves, I'd rather do that than deal with uh, yeah. someone like him. Yeah. Can't talk. Yeah. Then you get on his show, and he don't let you talk. Uh, that's when uh, he started burning my ass when he had a radio show, and then. Uh, oh fuck! Yeah, I know. Uh, I know people are listening later on, and uh, you know we don't get that many because of the lateness of the hour from seven o'clock to nine o'clock here. But I know we've got to be getting some listeners that just go like, "Hey, I wonder what they're talking about this week," and pop on and listen to the show or whatever. I know. Uh, yeah. I used to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you sign that, uh, RJ, what do you what do you think they want to hear? A lot of guys well, download our show in the mornings when they go to work and listen to it uh, for two hours at work. It makes their day go by. A lot of them used to really like it when we was running like four and five hours just up bullshit after the show, and then you'd have a five hour show and. Uh, you know, five hours in an eight-hour day, fuck, that's 
by the time we got done listening to us bullshit, uh, you know, you only had three hours of your work day left. Then you was then you was on the same bullshit we was on on the radio station, you know, fucking with your coworkers, telling them about white power. Well, you know, Savage, they don't. A lot of them that used to call in didn't want to hear. They wanted us to be more politically correct, uh, more to the left instead of the right. You know, yeah. I think we're pretty. I think we're pretty much just uh, pretty much sane right here in the middle. You know, I don't think we go left or right. I mean, we just talk about things that are pretty much pissing everybody off in the world, you know. We, we uh, turn things around on them when we stop doing interviews. We don't stand on the street corner and yell out of a fucking bullhorn behind a police line. Come on, man. What kind of Aryan brother stands behind a line of cops and goes downtown and makes trouble like that? Yes, yeah. yeah, I think and uh, over here, um, it, it was a different story because when we went out on the marches over here, um, had no choice. The the cops turned up whether we liked it or not, and they uh, actually stated that they were creating a police line not to protect us, but to protect the public from us. Uh, and that, that's exactly what they were doing. They were trying to uh, protect the public from listening to our views and our way of looking at life, you know? Yes, uh, that too. Well, you know, the sad part, Savage, is uh, in my prior life when I used to go out and, and march like that and do things, um, uh, the sad part was is then all of a sudden, before they became Antifa, they were the anti-racist action movement, you know, and they would come out and protest against us. And the sad part was is they would actually get out there in the crowds and stuff, and I've actually watched them beat down veterans and stuff like that, you know, because the veterans yeah. would tell them, you know, I, I fought for this country. I want to hear what these Nazis got to say. And they was, oh, if that's what you want, then... You're just, you're no better than they are, you know, and they would beat the uh, shit out of them, you know, and I'm going, like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's not good. That's just anti-American. Yeah, you know, so it, 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 was, it became over here, it became like an unproductive thing. And then, of course, you had some of the groups over here, Savage, that, uh, you know, that was how they made their notoriety was by standing on the corners and screaming, fuck you, nigger, and fuck this, and fuck that, and and that's all they did, and they took your money, you know, and uh, they didn't really give a shit about what the problems were here in America as far as the whites against anybody else, or, or I won't even say against anybody else, but what the white problems were that, you know, Aryans faced over here. They could give a shit less what the Aryan problems were as long as they made a few dollars in their pockets in the fucking war chest in the coffers, you know, and, yeah. uh, and when we get, when we get on them, when, when I came over with Mel and the fellas, uh, and we'd get on them about that shit. Oh my God, we turned out to be some of the biggest pieces of shit in the world, you know, because yeah. we were calling them out on bullshit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was looking for that, uh, you know, boss had a 
I used to, I got one somewhere still. I don't know. It's just probably one of my, it was like one of the greetings letters that we sent out talking about. Uh, one here says, greetings from Aryan Nations, FFMC throughout time. I like the one where he says, uh, the, the uh, Aryan, the sadistic souls have entered the arena. And, you know, we, we are on a different standard and a different set of playing rules. You know, the days of old are over. we got to update the way things happen. And that's just what we've been doing. And these guys, other groups, they've just been doing that same old shit, standing on the corner that don't get them nowhere. Uh, meantime, we're, we're doing things that will. Uh, here we got some other clown on here. Doc, we'll see who he is, TT. It might be somebody we know, so they're not talking clown. <laughs> is he raising his hand, Mel? <laughs> no, it says uh, tie train. Two. Hell. Let's see what he has Hell to shit. say. Hell yeah. With all due respect, sir, who are you calling a clown? I'm just listening. Oh. That's a computer okay. voice. Uh, yeah. Must be the GOV listening in. Uh, yeah. Uh, that or the SPLC. <laughs> yeah, SPLC. <laughs> trying, trying to get something out of us, you know. Uh, you know, they're always working for an interview, but they don't ever go read our page. They want yeah. to put some member's name on that line. And yeah. they have never got review from any of us, and they never will. And no, the first guy that gives it up is out. Ah, <laughs> uh, no interviews. We don't do interviews. We don't do stand on the street corner and yell out of a bullhorn. That ain't the way you get things done. Mm. We ain't out there promoting, hating, and killing. We're out there promoting. Being proud of your race. What, what, what do you do to make make people proud of their own race? I can't believe these white kids want to be so proud of Mexicans and niggers if they even act like. Them. Yeah. Back in the day, Savage, I thought it was funny. Here in my hometown, when I held a rank in a different position in a different organization. I had never given an interview to anybody and never really wanted to give an interview to anybody. And the local news station had a little black girl, and they told her she could move up in life if she got an interview from me. The next thing I know, this black girl is standing on my front porch trying to get a fucking interview. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that window. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. first thing I would have said to that little black girl myself would have been, if you don't get off my fucking property, I'll see daylight through you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What I told her was, what I told her brother was, do you see the picture of the big pit bull on the front of my door? He's standing right behind me, and I haven't fed him yet today. It's your choice. <laughs> that bitch ran like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll see you later. She know what she got into. Hell yeah. She's not even, I think it was like 
about three weeks later, she didn't work there anymore. She said, fuck this. <laughs> you know. They sent her on bogus ship. That's how they got rid of a nigger. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was part of the scapegoat. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Yeah, we get a lot of hits for fucking... Uh, I was just looking at some the other day we just recently got for... I would like an interview. I would like an interview. Jesus Christ, bro. They figured it out yet? We've, we've said it on our podcast a million times. If we've said it on our website, we... We, we've sent them emails, all of them. We don't do it. That's not yeah. us. you got the wrong people. I mean, we're just wanting yeah. places where white people can gather and be white people and not have to deal with niggers and every other race being offended by a stupid joke. <coughs> and, you know, what's funny, too, is, Mel, is uh, they don't understand that... Uh, Unlike most organizations, we are highly family motivated, and I don't think yeah. they understand that. We're not going to put our family out there on Front Street. Uh, we do things with our brothers and our sisters and our and our kids, stuff like that. We just, you know, uh, we do it throughout the year. Everybody gets together at a couple times a year, and you know, we have fun. And, uh, the children are welcome. And, we invite the public if they want to bring their kids and stuff and come out and party yeah. with us and stuff, you know. If you're white, you're white, and if you're white, you're right. Come on out and party yeah. with us. And people well, hate that about us, you know. Um, the rest of these fucking cultures, races, need to take a look at the Polish. I mean, the Polish have taken it the best. Nobody tells better Polak jokes than the Polish. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, the Polish take it the best. I mean, you could talk Pol- Polak shit right in front of Polish people, and they don't fucking care. They'll laugh and joke right along with you. You say nigger one time in a group of niggers, and six of them are offended. Oh, God. When you talk about Polaks, I live with one. So, yeah, I know the, the fucking jokes are great at my house. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Americans are the same way. At least us white boys are. You know, we let that shit roll down our back. They call us honky. They call us fucking white boy. They call us, I don't know. They got all kinds of fucking names for us. It don't even fucking matter. I mean, fuck you, nigger. That's the the meanest thing you could say to him. They call themselves niggers between each other all day long. But the white guy says it. It's the worst thing in the world. Well, you know, Mel, the sad part is you look at fucking history, and uh, they didn't want to be called niggers. So we said, okay, then what do you want to be called? And they said, well, you know what? We wouldn't be buying called black. Well, then we started calling them black. And then after, or no, we started calling them colored. Well, we don't want to be known as colored, so we'd like to be known as black. They didn't want yeah, to be black bad. anymore. They didn't want to be African-American. Excuse me, fucker, but you're not from Africa. I'm not from fucking Belgium either. I'm an American. I'm not a Belgian-American. I'm an American, you know. So they are the most confused bunch of motherfuckers on God's green earth. They don't even know who they fucking want to be, you know. No. Um, Well, everybody calls niggers niggers. Niggers call niggers niggers. 
one white guy calls a nigger nigger and suddenly he's racist. Well, I guess you could call us racist because that's what we're labeled as. Uh, yeah, what's the other name they call us? What's the other name they call us? They call us Nazis, right? Oh, Nazis. I did a little bit of research. That word doesn't even fucking exist. It's a made-up word. And and most of the population the whole world don't realize that the word Nazi doesn't even fucking mean anything. It's just a made-up name to label somebody. Yeah, like racist. Racist is a made-up word. Yeah, if you, if you look at Nazi, Brother Savage, where that fucking Jew who invented the word Nazi took that from, if you look at National Socialisma, that's where he got it from. Yeah. He took like certain letters out of the fucking word yeah. and said, oh, they're yeah. Nazis, you know? Oh, my God. And, but, and, and you know, speaking of fucking niggers, Mel, uh, I'll tell Brother Savage about this. When I sent my girl to school the other uh, this time, this is the first time she's ever been in a larger school. And when she came home from school, there's 800 kids in this in this high school. And I said, well, how did you like school today? She says, I wouldn't know. All I heard was nigger all day long. I said, what? She said, that's the only word I heard all day long was nigger. She said, that was my day. Yeah. And I said, really? She said, yeah. It's because, you know, it's like even the white kids, the white kids, Mexicans, black kids, nigger, nigger, nigger. Yeah, that's it. But, you know, and her being a new kid, if she'd have said, hey, what up, my nigger? Oh, you know, she'd have been fucking hammered right there. Oh, yeah. Right away, what gives you the right to call us niggers? Yeah, yeah. Your daddy's, your daddy's a motherfucking racist. Shut up. <laughs> you tell them. That's when you tell them, well, I hung out with the niggers at the other school, and they let me call them niggers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I told the niggers that in prison, man. They come busting in on me, telling me I call niggers niggers too much around there. And that's why I told them. I said, everybody calls niggers niggers. I said, the Mexicans call niggers niggers. Niggers call niggers niggers. I said, the few Chinese guys we got called niggers niggers. I said, one white boy says it, and suddenly he's racist. I said, well, I am racist, and you guys are niggers. I said, as long as I hear it, I'm going to say it. I mean, you got it going in my ear fucking 50 different ways to hell every fucking day. What do you expect? I'm going to start saying nigger, too. (laughs) Hell, yeah. yeah. Hey, they scratched their head and walked away. 20 of them was there to whoop my ass. They said, let me take that back to the chief. That's where I get, I leave them scratching their head. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> they went and got the president, man, and he come knocking on my door. And he had another guy with him, and I told him, come on in. Leave the door open if you want. Or you can close it. I don't care. And there was three of us in the room. And then uh, he said, you're right. You're right. I said, what? He said, man, everybody calls niggers niggers, but what are we going to do about it? I said, it ain't my problem. I said, but if you want me to quit saying it, I, I say you get those 20 niggers that you had crowd around me and go door to door and crowd around them just like you did me, like you're trying to intimidate somebody. 
tell them how you're going to quit calling niggers niggers on this deck because you don't like the white boys calling you niggers. Yeah. <laughs> you believe it or not, they quit calling niggers niggers for six months on my deck, and every time we got a new nigger come in talking nigger shit, they told him we don't call niggers niggers on this deck. But, like I said, it only lasted six months. So as long as I didn't hear it, I kept my word and I didn't say it. Called them colored kids. Yeah. <laughs> After that, I was cool as fuck. <laughs> you can ask any nigger in the camp. <laughs> White boys didn't think I was so cool. Ah, they liked me. <laughs> At this point, I never, if uh, you are listening and you are a fence straddler and you want to do something cool with your life, you can get a hold of one of us at uh, one of the web pages. Just look up Sadistic Soul Motorcycle Club. You'll find one of our web pages and give us an email. We're more than happy to talk to you. We're more than happy to bring you in if you want to come into something that's uh, uh, predominantly pro-white, you know, not predominantly pro-white. We are pro-white. Um, you got Brother Savage, myself, Brother RJ, and Brother Mel on the phone right now on the radio. Just get a hold of one of us. Yeah. We're right on the website, uh, which we're going to start working on updating here. Me and RJ is going to get down to that here in a minute. We've been quite busy lately. Yeah. Well, it is wintertime. we got chores to do around the house, too. Oh, yeah. Work. Yeah. RJ's got heavy yeah. snow shoveling, and i got heavy woodcut. <laughs> you got flooding going on down there. Holy shit. <laughs> Cold water, man. It's swampy out there in the yard trying to get the truck from the house to the woods. How's the weather where you're at there, Savage? Uh, at the moment, it is, uh, oh, let me have a look. Don't tell me it's in the 90s. I'll, I'll hate you forever. <laughs> uh, I'll let you know in a minute. Yeah, but it's only going on like 4 o'clock in the afternoon, RJ. I know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's quarter to 4 and it's 73. Oh, man. And it's fucking Friday. <laughs> <laughs> It's beer drinking night tonight for, for, yeah. for Brother Savage. It's already beer drinking time for Brother Savage. The week, the week is over with. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't actually drink, eh? What's yeah, that? I gave up, drink, I gave up drinking you? alcohol years ago. And, um, and it wasn't, you know, because I, it was a problem or anything, um, because we have a very... High drinking culture in New Zealand. Um, right. It was because it didn't agree with me, and I decided that um, because it didn't agree with me, I didn't want to do it anymore. So I gave it up just from pure wanting to give it up. Yeah. Can't beat that. That's the best right there. Yeah, I don't drink yeah, over. Anymore. Yeah, over here I notice. Well, I I can take it or leave it, you know. But over here I notice a lot of people that I know are giving it up simply because it's be becoming unaffordable anymore, you know? Well, so. then when you go out and have a good time with your buddies, you got to take the 
risk of being picked off for DUI, and the cops just flock around them fucking bars like flies on shit at closing time or, you know, prime time at, when you get off work. They'll, 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 you know, you get off at 5 and they're stalking town around 7, you know, when you're trying to slip home and eat some dinner after only having three beers. And they've got the law so fucking strict, you're only allowed to drink a beer and a half before you get in your fucking car an hour after that. you got to sit there for an hour with nothing. And that's why we have you, Brother Mill. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Yeah, well, oh. over here, I'm the sober driver, so, um, I mean, and, and I think the boys like the fact that the president fucking, um, you know, is the sober driver because he he's, he makes sure they get home. Yes, you do. Yeah. That's the good brother, bro. Same here. Yeah. That's, That's what a, I do. Even when I take, uh, even when we go out on the bikes and stuff, there's a bunch of us and I take the boss's daughter with me all the time. She's my uh, my uh, ride behind me on the bike and stuff. It's like I got Pressure's cargo back there. I'll maybe have one cocktail, and that's it. And it's like, because uh, not only do I have Pressure's cargo behind me, but uh, I can't afford a DUI anymore out of state or anywhere else. They hammer you nowadays for that shit, you know? Yeah. And I think they've tagged something onto my police record that says I don't drink. I, I think they're on to it. They're wise to it because not too long ago I was driving through town at 1 o'clock in the morning and a cop, the speed limit was 35 and I was doing 30 in a two-lane road and the state cop got behind me and rode all the way through town like 10 blocks, man. And didn't even pull me over, but he, I was only doing 30, so that means he had to be doing 25 to lag one car's length behind me. I know he was running my fucking plate, and uh, and, and there's got to be something that says I'm a sober driver, because the bars just got out, my truck's loud, the fucking right blink, turn blink. That's why I thought he got behind me, because my right turn blinker don't work. Sometimes that taillight goes in and out, and then sometimes it's... <laughs> Thank God my headlights didn't go out, but fucking uh, sometimes your headlights go out when you're driving down the road. I got to change the switch yet. And so, uh, fucking, my lights didn't go flash at all, so I didn't get pulled over. Uh, but I, like I said, I think they put something after my name on my police record when they run my name that says I don't drink because yeah. they just don't pull me over no more. I think I've got the opposite. I've got the opposite problem of you, Mel. I think they just like to follow me around to see what, see what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> you know, uh, they do that. They follow me. I don't care if they follow me. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Just a stupid cop behind me. <laughs> yeah, they, they stopped me up here in years, which is normally I'm like one of their. I'm like normally one of their training fucking sessions. You know, yeah, stop yeah. him and see what happens. You know. And Get the rookie to pull that, you over. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. It used to be their rookie training up there, bro. They'd uh, have out. them stop and pull me over to see what's going to happen, and then they'd laugh at him when he got his ass whooped, you know. And uh, I'd go to jail for disorderly conduct. He would uh, he'd go to fucking uh, to the hospital for having his ass whooped, but I never got it for more than disorderly conduct. You know, I was like a training program to these fucking cops, and 
That hasn't happened in years. I don't know if they know that I'm too old to fucking box anymore, <laughs> that I'll just shoot you or what. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah. it's kind of nice, though, you know. Back yeah. in the day before prison, you know, I was kind of wild. Uh, I was hitchhiking through Byron because my ride left me in Rockford. I didn't have no fucking car, so I had to hitchhike home in the middle of the night. I got as close as Byron, and I figured I was close enough home that I could call for a mile change I had left in my pocket. And fucking uh, cops pulled up on me, these two young kids, man. They only seemed like kids, like 18 or 19 years old. And I was like 25, 28 years old. And uh, they, they, they came up to the phone and asked me my name. I gave them my name. And I was laughing at them because I knew I didn't have the warrants. I'd just gone to court a couple of days before that. Uh, so I told them, uh, you know, I was making fun of them. And then my name come back and they had a hold on me. And they said, I may be on illicit drugs and armed and dangerous. I heard it all come over the radio while I was poking fun at them. And, Cops said, you got your weapons on you? And I snapped a nickel out of my pocket real quick. I got a nickel, and it's mighty deadly. <laughs> Boy, they jumped back about six feet, man. It was amazing. Like I whipped out a fucking switchblade or something. <laughs> 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 oh, they put me in cuffs, and the one guy pulled a gun on me, and they put me in the front seat right next to the driver. The other guy got in the back seat and held the gun on me for 12 miles. <laughs> when we got there, the fucking jailer was laughing. He said, Mel, what was you doing in Byron in the middle of the night? I said, well, I was at the payphone getting ready to call somebody to come and get me. And uh, I figured I'd walk far enough. <laughs> he said, <laughs> I figured you needed a ride, he said. There ain't no hold on you. The fucking dispatcher, I've been in jail so many times, he kind of liked me, and he set me up for the ride home. But thought he'd get his fucking kicks. <laughs> a couple rookies, Back. I had to tell him something. <laughs> at, my, at my age and your age, if you were to call down to the Byron racetrack, I might have came and got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know... Uh, the thing of it is, once he said that, he typed that in so it would come across the fucking radio. And now it kind of sticks. <laughs> well, it did for a while. They always looked at me crazy. After that, every cop that pulled me over stuck a gun in my face. <laughs> I had to get used to it after a while to show. So I tell people... Then when I got out of prison, I had the Aryan Nation label on me, too, and so it was real bad. You know, it's always stay in the car, and like five or six other squad cars pull up, and they get out. It's a big gun show. You got any guns or anything in the truck? All the little small towns in Illinois seem to get me uh, at least once. No guns in the car, guys. <laughs> I always thought I had a trunk full of them or something. I guess I'm a drug dealer. Huh? Speaking of police, Savage, uh, is it New Zealand or Australia where they're just uh, they're just hammering the bikies for fucking uh, wearing their patches and shit in public now? Um, that that shit's only happening in Australia. They they do uh, they are doing um, that over here. 
but um, only with uh, particular organisations that are causing problems, you know. And yeah. nine times out of ten, it's the uh, street gangs that are causing the biggest problems because, um, you know, they're, they're heavily into the bloody drug scene, you know, and, and they're causing havoc in, in communities for no good reason. It's all these young idiots that, you know, have no clue how to go through life except for causing havoc. Um, on the news the other night, they had armed defenders and, and uh, cops everywhere with guns in one particular town just because of a local thug gang, you know? Um, yeah. When it comes to the likes of the MCs, um, the ones that are, uh, are doing the right way, like we are, you know, just 100% um, legal writing, um, you know, like we are, um, they're leaving them alone because they know that they're not doing that, um, you know, causing havoc yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I could be anywhere in New Zealand with, you know, 20 or 30 fucking guys wearing the same patch and, and with our organisation, and, and it's not a problem because we're not going there to cause um havoc are we we're not going there to no. to take you know the no. town apart or anything we're just doing our own thing hey we've yeah. taken 20 to 30 guys and in, in like as far away as ohio um 18 hours from home in a small town where none of us know anybody but seven or eight brothers that had a clubhouse there we fucking went to this little restaurant man we took up four tables everybody was holding their fucking breath when they seen us walk in we was in there 10 minutes, and the fucking public was up laughing and joking with us. Can we get pictures of you guys? Yeah. Hey, give me your camera, and I'll take pictures for you so you can all be in the picture. They're all happy. We leave the waitress a good tip. We run into the waitress at the bar. She's talking and laughing and joking with the fellas like she's known them forever. By the time we leave town, the fucking mayor comes down to the goddamn uh, clubhouse and talks to the clubhouse president and says to it, the Aryan Nation's more than welcome to be in his town. We don't raise no hell. He says since we've had our clubhouse in the middle of his downtown, the crime rate had gone down. The niggers had left. The drugs have left. Uh, a lot of the burglaries have left. Man, you guys are more than welcome to be here as long as you want. The mayor said that to our president. How do you like well, that? That's what, that's what I had to ask uh uh, savage because I noticed that a lot of times Tina and her old man James will send me stuff from Australia and I noticed that they're getting hammered in Australia uh, simply because of their affiliations to certain organizations, bike clubs and stuff like that. And you can't wear your patch, you can't do this. You, uh, you can only be like, if you got like more than two people in a group, you're breaking the law and it's like, holy shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, lad laws are just uh, outrageously stupid. I mean, they've been created by Muslims. They've been created by um, uh, other cultures within the government system. And it's because some government official goes out, gets surrounded by a bunch of bikers, and he gets scared uh, because, you know, he doesn't know about that lifestyle and and. Uh, then he goes back to Parliament the next week and fucking puts this law in place and it totally destroyed the wow. entire country's 
uh, infrastructure in regards to the biking scene, you know, and uh, if that, that that's something well, that's never going to happen here in New Zealand. When, We're never going to have to deal with that. When you're a politician and you start trying to talk shit to a bunch of bikers who, who are uh, like, like us, your word is golden. If you say it, you better fucking do it. You that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Well, then get on it. Right? Yeah. That's right. Say it if you can't do it. And that's where okay. a lot of these politicians spreading these lies are telling these bikers, look, man, we're going to do these, make these laws to help you out. Then, then it don't happen. Well, I'm sorry. You know, then it don't happen again the next time. Well, I'm sorry. And he's making more promises all the way, and they're all broken promises. I could see where he might be a little bit scared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, one of the leaders of the um, National Party over here in New Zealand, um, he was, you know, in his car and he was going down the road and then the next minute he's surrounded by a shitload of bikers and, and he got scared because of one reason. He got scared because of the fake news on TV about bikers and what they're like. All the bullshit that's been spread by a liberal fucking left and all the bullshit that's been spread by uh, every other media outlet around the world that paints us in a bad picture, um, people think that that's reality when it's not. I mean, you can walk up to any biker in New Zealand, doesn't matter who the fuck they are, and have a conversation with them. They're not going to fucking knock you down unless they're busy doing their business. You know, hey, look, I haven't got time to talk to you. I'm doing fucking club business. Piss off. You know? Yeah. Um, but <laughs> if you're on your own and you're a biker wearing a patch in New Zealand, it doesn't matter who the fuck you are. You want to say hey uh, to a biker in New Zealand, you know, have you got time? What, what's happening? You know, blah, blah, blah. Start a conversation. They'll have a conversation with you. you know, it's, it's not, not the way that the liberal left fucking wing is fucking painted. Well, you know, you got to think about it. Bikers are always out recruiting, you know, the betterment of the club. You know, you got more guys. You got more guys paying dues. You got more guys doing stuff for the club. You got more prospects helping club members out until they get to be club members. I mean, it's just an all-out thing. And if you treated everybody stupid rude, nobody's going to want to be a part of your club. Yeah, that's right. But if you're going to be a dumbass and you're going to act like a stupid fucking motherfucker and think that you're going to fucking come up to me and fucking say, hey, I'm interested in joining, and then you fucking do something real fucking stupid, do you think I'm going to give you the time of day? <laughs> right. You, you know, being a suit and tie guy, which he was, you know, um, one of the bigger problems, too, is uh, he demands respect without giving it. And that's, you know, first you better give a little respect yeah. to get yeah. a little respect. And that's the way it works yeah. with bikers, you know. You come off a little bit cocky and, well, whoever's got the bigger crew is going to feel like they can whoop your ass. I mean, there's six yeah. of them and one of you and you're cocky. I mean, you can show them their respect and they'll give you yours. I mean, they'll be there to give you your respect first. Shake your hand, you know, make you feel comfortable. Ah, oh, yeah, you guys look a little fucking like you. I mean, mugging me. I was trying to see your patch. <laughs> you know, a lot of those guys, the new prospects, they put a full three-piece patch on. They get a little, some of them get patchitis. I think they can kill the world. And 
some of them get a little spooked and think every biker in the countryside wants to run them off the road, kill them. Which really, yeah. you know, you've seen it, Savage. We, you get the same respect over there from the 1% clubs we get over here. Oh, yeah, I've had plenty of 1%ers walk up to me and just say, hey, I couldn't see your patch from way over there. I just thought I'd come check you out. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, hey, if you ain't doing nothing, stop by our clubhouse sometime. <laughs> yeah. You get that a lot, too, I know, because I do. They always want well, you to stop. You're, huh? Hey, hey, Mel, you know what's funny when you say that is the uh, uh, leaving your house one time, I was coming back up north, and I stopped in a little rest area, and I seen this guy's Harley parked there. <clears throat> so I walked up to him, and I just had a soft gun on, and I walked up to him, kind of like behind him a little bit, and I said, brother, I'm not sneaking or creeping on you, but I have not seen your patch in like a gazillion fucking years. He was part of the, you remember the old Fakawis? Yeah. Yeah, okay. He had an old Fakali patch on. And I and I said, man, I ain't seen one of those in years. And we got to talking and shit. He said, what's on your back? And I said, it's just a fucking soft patch for the club. And he, and he was like, like you were saying earlier, holy shit, you guys do exist. He says, I never thought I'd run into a sadistic soul. You know? Yeah, they're amazing. It's yeah. amazing. You, we get amazing respect. And uh, uh, but, we give it. Well, you know what? Something I was thinking when you guys were talking about clubs and stuff is part of the thing that doesn't ha- that hasn't helped us out though is you know you get these fucking uh, TV shows like uh, uh, that new show The Mayans. What was before that? Uh, Sons, Sons of Anarchy and stuff like that. People think that that's the way clubs are. You know. And some clubs are like that, but yeah. not all clubs are like that, but that's the way they think all clubs are, and that's how they're running stuff with the violence and the dope, the killings and stuff like that, and that's what they expect out of life when they run into right. a fucking club member, you know, and especially here in America, and it's like, holy shit, that's not the way it is, folks. It's a fucking TV show. Get over it, you know? If you look back at all the documentaries and shit, you figure what? The bikers have a little rash killing every 20 or 30 years. They think they can outnumber each other, and they go out and try to kill each other. You know, our team's bigger than your team now. We can take you motherfuckers, and, you know, after several bombings and shootings. And there ain't nothing but bikers killing bikers. And then, uh, and then it's over, you know. And then they calm down for another 20 years, 30 years. So what do they kill about? 60 or 80 of the people that the public's scared of. Anyway, <laughs> they ought to be thankful for the ones that are alive. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> they're killing the ones that are dead. Yeah. Uh, ones you're scared of. You know, if you're scared of them like that, oh, fuck. <laughs> so, I mean, and then, you know, when we... We don't. We ride down them fence lines because we're the Aryan nation. I mean, we're certainly uh, honorable. We're, we uh, we we hold our own. We dominate the prison system where they tend to go. 
uh, out here in the world, we're far and few in between, but we certainly got our respect on the inside where they like to go. Hell yeah. Yeah. And if you if you disrespect us out here, you're, you know, what's life going to be if you ever do make it to the inside? <laughs> well, wait till you need a little Aryan help on the inside because, you know, our numbers, the guys we got in there, I mean, what I noticed uh, when I was in prison is uh, we stood, man. It didn't matter if you were talking to one of us, you was talking to all of us. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't fucking back down from nobody. And uh, yeah. even, even the bikers um, were amazed. The Aryan Brotherhood give us a dual patch. In most states, they fight with the Aryan Nation, and they told us we were all worthy of the Aryan Brotherhood, and that we could. I was handed a patch. I uh, I didn't use it because the guy ended up ratting on Chuck, so I fucking yeah. didn't use their patch because one of their leaders was bad. So I got the AB. I can use it any way I want. I put it in a rep flag and made it look like my Aryan Nation patch, which is a dual patch. I didn't matter. I, I, like I was telling Savage in the beginning, I kept in touch with the old man. He run the Aryan Brotherhood. I could do whatever I want. I was golden. Uh well, I did. I handled a lot of business. I was and, and there, ain't, and there ain't no more fun than being in the fucking hole with the fucking abs. And they're your, they're your fucking roommate next door, you know, in the fucking cell next door to you and shit. And you're all going out to the yard because you never know when the fucking guns are going off in the fucking yard at that point, you know. How many of are going to the yard today? They got to count, you know. Oh, five of them. Well, we need at least three more cops out there. <laughs> I, can I can definitely tell you, Mel, what it feels like to be shot by a fucking gun with a uh, shotgun with fucking wooden blocks in it. <laughs> oh, that, that, that hurt. I ain't never been uh, shot. They always, I, it, I, I just got it like hurt that. like It hurt like hell. I can see <laughs> <laughs> I sure did my share of seg time, though. Uh, and when, and then he's and he's screaming out his bullhorn. The next shot is real. <laughs> I'm going like, well, maybe I now. <laughs> I see him shoot yeah. this Mexican. I work the special diet line when I'm not in the hole. <laughs> I told the food the head food supervisor how her old man died, and I told her how to go home and fix her car, change the starter on him. Uh, like a 62 or 63 Impala convertible. Her old man had it completely restored. The starter went out shortly after he died. She didn't want to take it to the shop. She didn't trust nobody. She went, She asked me, Patterson, you know how to work on cars? I'm in there trying to get a job in the kitchen, get moved to, like, the bakery where all the sugar's at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh... And she said, you know how to work on a car? I said, yeah, why? Why don't you just bring it to the shop here? No, they ain't going to work on my car. And I, I said, uh, well, what do you got to do to it? She said, I got to change the starter. I told her how to. I said, you got ramps? Yep. So pull it up on ramps. I said, get under there. And I told her how to change the starter, you know, two bolts, and then take the wires off. Watch where they're lined up at, the two little wires. You have to have a little set of pliers to get the small one off the bolt. And then uh, 
go ahead and remember which post that came off of, and when you put it back together, put it back together the same way. I said, make sure you got everything good and tight. And uh, she come back in on that Monday. I, I already had my, uh, she gave me the dietary job that day. And uh, I was in the bakery, and she called me to her office, and sure as shit, man, that starter works great. <laughs> so whenever I come back from SEG, I got to pick where I wanted to go. I, I always stuck with the special diet line so I could give the fellas a report on the guys that got broken jaws and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They see me, you know, if it's one of our brothers, they know I got, I'll get your ass in healthcare, motherfucker. I catch you snitching, I'll fucking, I don't care. That's just a trip to say. Yeah. Oh, darn, hell, I lost, I lost the top off my fucking shrimp sauce, damn it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hell, I was only in prison, right? Yeah. I didn't get there by following the rules, and I certainly don't like snitching. <laughs> no, if you're telling on one of my brothers or a bike or somebody I like or I know, I you know, I stand for it. Even if you're staying yeah. in the healthcare bed, writing that shit down on paper because your jaw's broken. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know who's making your lunch. <laughs> Me. <laughs> oh man, those guys that had their jaw wired shut, you know? I got the special yeah. diet line and I didn't know first broken jaw. I had to feed him. He said broken jaw. I said, What's that mean? And the food supervisor Paul he goes, means he's got a broken jaw. I said, Yeah, but what the fuck am I supposed to feed him? Ice cream and milkshakes for the next six weeks? Oh no, he said, he don't get it that good. <laughs> I put like chicken or hamburger, whatever we're having that day. I got to weigh it out to the whatever uh, it says it, the amount of food we're eating. And, and then I pour it in a blender. If it's dry food like chicken or a pork chop, I fucking pour a little milk in on it till it makes like a shaky thing. And man, when you're pouring that in the cup, it smells like shit, like someone just took a shit in the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking... Yeah. yeah, it's nasty. The guy's got to drink that. If he pukes while he's jaw's wired, he's going to drown. <laughs> I don't know how a motherfucker can drink that. I would drink water for six fucking weeks. Protein shake. Go give me a protein shake. <laughs> uh... What do they call that? Uh, that old that old folks drinks that it's got all the protein in. Oh fucking uh, yeah! I drank those fuckers for a while when I first got out of the hospital. Um, what the fuck you call? Uh, hmm. I forget what they are. Insure. Insure, yeah. There you go. There's another one too that's real common name. Yeah, insure is pretty good. I started feeling pretty good drinking that shit when I first got out of the hospital. They had me on that shit as an extra. You get all your vitamins and minerals and shit out of that motherfucker. I know. 
I need to start hitting the gym. I'm just too far to fast. I started there for a minute, and then I hurt my wrist the three weeks ago, and my fingers are starting to bend right again. I still got a little pain aching through my knuckles, so I kind of want to let it heal before I go put I don't want to end up letting go of the fucking bar with one hand because I don't have no control over it fucking knock myself out with this bar. I've had to pack up my fucking gym set over here because there's no room in the fucking shed for the gym. There's too many fucking motorcycles in the shed. Yeah. The overload. No, I go to this one. It's a 24-hour, seven days a week gym. Uh, I got a little pass that's a, a electrical key. I just wave it in front of the lock, and the lock electrically opens. It's like a little flog. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just walk in any time. It's called 24-7. The 24-7 gym. Uh, I'm not allowed to go to the local gym. They banned me, eh, for life. I'm not allowed to go there anymore because I'm wiped No shit. No shit. <laughs> I got fired. I got, I got my ass fired just because of uh, who I am and what I stand for. The day I signed up, I, I uh, followed Jesse in on my bike and I was wearing my cut. They was all excited about getting me signed up. T-shirt guy kept my number, he said, in case he wanted somebody beat up. Oh, I still got your number, he said. <laughs> I saved it in case I wanted somebody beat up. <laughs> oh, I said, that don't work like that. <laughs> I thought about doing that. Mel, they got uh, Planet Fitness right now. Is uh, if you give them a twenty-five cent piece, that's your fucking uh, your sign-up fee, and then it's uh, ten dollars a month after that for your dues. And I thought to myself, well, yeah, I'm probably going to lose my twenty-five cents because as soon as they looked at me and I take my shirt off, they go like, "Holy fuck, look at the tattoos on this motherfucker!" With it. <laughs> yeah. Well. I I go in there. I was supposed, to, you know, I, I've been while I was in prison. I read all the weightlifting magazines because uh, I knew people. My mom worked at uh, at the uh, Mount Morris news plant where they send them out from the printing plant. Most of the magazines yeah. were made there. Uh, most of your smut books, all that. I had everything two three months in advance before it even hit the shelf. I had all the muscle fitness books, everything like that. I mean, the guys loved me in there because I had, you know, if you wanted the paper pussy, I had that. If you wanted the weightlifting books in advance, I had those too, three, four months yeah. ahead. And uh, yeah. and so, you know, I, I was reading it's best the first six or eight weeks to go to the gym with a sweatshirt. I'll wear a sweatshirt every day. That way you don't start seeing the difference and quit. Mm-hmm. You start yeah. the next yeah. six you know, six weeks you're really showing pretty good that you've been lifting i uh, start hitting four weeks and you start to see a little feel a little something and see something then you don't then you know you think you you know i'm good then you don't come back no more and it takes six weeks to get in a good routine where you don't want to quit and yeah. uh, it's best i wear a, a big sweatshirt for the first six weeks so you'd be good for six weeks 
That's true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> or even longer if I keep my shirt on. <laughs> yeah. And you know me, I'm a quiet guy when I don't know nobody. I gotta feel the area out. And and the, yeah. the couple times I've been into that twenty four seven gym, I bet there ain't even been five people in there at nine o'clock in the morning. Three four or five days in a row that I went there. And I never seen no more than five people. Yeah, I had when I had my other gym. I had like you. I had the one where you go there twenty four seven. I had that one for a while. All of a sudden, I started noticing uh, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning was the perfect time. You got the place to yourself, right? And all yeah. of a sudden, everybody else decided, oh, two or three o'clock in the morning, you got the place to yourself. Next thing you know, this fucking place is packed at 2 o'clock in the fucking morning, you know? Oh, yeah, no, God. 9 o'clock in the morning when everybody has to be in court. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the doctor, the court, the bank, you know, all that shit happens yeah. at 9 o'clock. <laughs> uh, go into the gym, there's nobody there. Five people. Hey, and two of the guys I seen working out over in the corner was farmers wearing cowboy boots. <laughs> they was wearing cowboy boots and flannel shirts they was working out in, and they fucking had a locker, and they went and pulled cowboy hats out of the locker before they walked out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. And then there was two girls there. I think one of them was working because you can also, if, you know, you can work there and knock some money off your bill if you want to. And then there was a couple uh, guys over on the other side where they had, like, the treadmills and the stair steppers, and they had a few other machines over there that you could work out with and uh, cardio machines. And I want the fucking gym. I want the gym where there's a happy ending. <laughs> happy ending, where, you, where they got a big aerobics class there or something going on. Yoga. Uh, a bunch of fat girls in yoga pants. No, it's, it's like you get that special massage with the happy ending. Oh, yeah. Jim with a massage parlor. <laughs> There's a massage parlor attached to it somewhere. You get that happy ending when you're done. <laughs> I, I had Tim Warts out for me for about two years, man. I come to the jail, and a bunch of them jailers knew me. It's like, hey, man, it was all happy to see me. And the, the head jailer, her name was uh, Mrs. Teasdale. And she fucking, she liked me. She was really nice to me all the time. Her husband hated me. He was the, he was just under her. He, she had more rank than he did. <laughs> and uh, she fucking, uh, she was telling Harvey, oh, this is Mal. He's in and out of here a little bit. He's been not, we've not seen him for a couple of years, but he had some warrants out for him. Right then, Harvey didn't like me for some reason. And then, uh, oh, I gave him the hardest time. I had to do a whole year in the county jail, that motherfucker. But by the last eight months of my time, he's telling me, uh, hey, Mel, when you get out, you ought to hook up with me. He says, I'll buy around at the massage parlor. I had him so mad, I swear he wanted to come back there and shoot me right in the cell one day. Just stick the gun through the fucking bars and shoot me. (laughs) Uh, 
Brother Savage, I think I'm going to let you guys go. It's about 9.30 my time. Yeah, we went a half an hour over, guys. We'll end the show tonight. Yeah, uh, unless you guys want to keep going, but I'm going to head on down to the house and get me something to eat and have a little fun. Brother Brother Savage, it's been good talking to you, always good talking to you. Uh, And I hope to see you on here a little bit more so we can talk some more and learn what the hell's going on in New Zealand. I'd like to get Ice and this guy Dave on here with us too sometime. That too, yeah. All the savage ice. Yeah, well, huh? what's the what's the time in England right now? Um, it's uh, let's see, oops, it's six hours ahead of me, and I am nine thirty at night right now. So yeah. nine and six, uh, fourteen hundred hours. Yeah, that's like it's like a.m. over there. Yeah, three thirty a.m. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like 8, 30, 10, 30, 11, 30, 12, 30, 1, 30, 2, 30. Yeah, it's about 3.30 in the fucking morning over there right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, we'd have to organize it with them so he stays up late one night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I called yeah. him the one night, and he said, yeah, yeah, I can I can do it tonight. He says, my girl's going to be over. I'm just getting home from work. And uh, he got home, and one of the truck drivers didn't show up for his job, and so they, he must be a good driver because they called him in to work the other guy's shift. Yeah. Or, or until the other guy got there, he just couldn't do the show right now. He said, no, I got to go. I can't do the show. Yeah. Okay, I, I got it. I said, don't worry. And then, mm-hmm. uh, and so I, I just, you know, I just did the show anyway. And uh, so uh, that was, I mean, he had to work. You can't deny a guy at his job. Yeah, yeah. We ain't no niggers. We got to work for a living. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah we sure do. Yeah. I mean, shoot, yeah. you know, like Savage says, some it's hard to get a job when you're white power, and you got like me, you're a white power felon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, as far as that's concerned, though, I've got an, an alternative plan, and I'm still working on it, and that's running my own business. Yeah. So, so when, when people rock up for a job with me, when I get my business up and running properly, um, and it's ready to start employing people, uh, you can rest assured the only people I'm going to be employing are white power. <laughs> yeah, white guys. <laughs> Yeah, fucking nice. Well, it's a small family business, so these guys are all my brothers and cousins. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Sav, that's the way it was when I lived in California. Uh, I was glad I moved out of California because they, uh, come on, yeah. dog, let's go. They, uh, if you weren't uh, Hindu or uh, something like that, you couldn't even get a job there anymore. Uh, a black man or a fucking white man could not get a job in California. You either had to be Hispanic or a fucking Hindu, you know? Yeah, I'm not a hot So I couldn't even get a job out there anymore. I said, fuck it, I came back to fucking where I'm at now. And uh, life's been ever since, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah. All right, my brothers, I'm on. I'm going to... I'm gonna 
put the doggy away. I'm going to go have some fun with Mama down at the house and uh, and uh, love talking to you brothers on the phone on the radio tonight. And uh, and uh, hail victory, my brothers. Hail victory. Hail victory. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going to take off too, Savage. I'll say we end the show. We've gone a half, like he said a half hour over. Unless you want to stay on yeah. for a while. Uh, well, as long as people understand what we're about and, and they can understand that, uh, and, and if people are interested in um, looking at uh, our organization for joining, then they know what to do. Yeah. And obviously, we had two listeners tonight that was, let's be slightly scared to let their identity out that was using a robotic voice. Just yeah. that they want to listen in, so uh, it's either good or bad. At least we got listeners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bro. This, I'll, I'll sign us out. It's the ANSSNC Power Hour for tonight. I uh, hope everybody has a good night. Hell victory. Hell victory. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.